Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, just a quick little intro for you. I'm doing this outside of the podcast that we shot today with Ambrose Quadro. Um, Ambrose is our new sports and conditioning coach over at Dorman Sports Performance. He has a lot of insight into the new types of training, his methodology into training, and ultimately just developing better athletes. Um, hope you enjoy this one. We're happy to be back. Oh, you didn't know? You don't know, squad. When's the last time we did a podcast? Uh, the last time that you were available to do a podcast, which was never ago. Never ago. Wait, our, our can short, you look? Our shortcoming for podcasts is, and I think Freddie will agree to this, is 100% on Freddie. Mostly, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I easy. didn't know that he was going to take the point. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Um, can you look to see when our last, here, I'll look to see whenever. Podcast, library. We do have a pretty sick logo, though. May March first, we're coming up on a year. Wow! <laughs> it was right before the shutdown. Right before COVID. Right before COVID. Um. Really? Yeah. yeah March first, twenty twenty is when Dusty's came out. There you go. Not no, Dusty. T- Tina. Tina. So we are on episode number twenty. You're 20. correct. All right. Very good, Fred. I don't even wow, know what 20. I say when I come in. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So number number twenty. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to another episode, episode number 20 of You Don't Know Squat. I'm Freddie Dorman, co-hosted with Mr. Zach Hallman. Say hello, Zach. Hello, Zach. Uh, joining us today is sports performance coach extraordinaire, uh, head of sports here at DSP, Mr. Ambrose Aquadro. How are you? Good, how are you? I wonder if I have a... I'm doing this on my brand new iPad, so I wonder if I have any... Uh, Do you have any noise? No. Do you have a boo? boo? No, I don't. You don't? That's a bummer. But uh, it's been a minute. We were just looking uh, a couple minutes ago, the last time we actually did a podcast, and it was uh, it, precisely two weeks before our first lockdown <laughs> last year. <laughs> so March March 1st was our last one. So, And we had planned on using the the lockdown at our advantage to maybe just crush some to do a couple podcasts but like even on zoom like we we did one with uh we didn't really do one with chris bova yeah we 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 were testing out zoom for 20 minutes and he's probably still waiting for it to be aired but (laughs) i don't even know that we recorded recorded it but um but yeah so we had planned on doing these pretty regularly over the lockdown but uh i stayed pretty busy and i had a baby yeah well so did i um but here we are yeah, and Ambrose is not our baby. Big day. I'm not the baby. He is not the baby. He looks like a baby. But uh, 
yeah, so we just want to uh, kind of touch base and see how everybody's been doing, just kind of fill everybody in and how the gym's been going, what we've been up to, and then kind of get some uh, some background on Ambrose, um, kind of get him get him out there so people know what he's all about since he's here. He's a regular face here at the gym. Uh, he's been really hammering down on sports performance, and we've been seeing some really good results, which I think it would be cool if we talked about, like, Deshaun and some of the BG guys and kind of see – Seeing speaking the progress. Of, speaking of Deshaun, he's on ESPN two today. Is he really? Oh, wow. Yeah, he has his first professional race today at two. Well, we should we'll we should watch it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch that. <clears throat> that's it's awesome. Probably gonna last all of ten seconds. But yeah, we watch but that's hopefully it's just <laughs> every 10, ten second. I'll be yeah yeah I'll be there. Yeah. Um, so and and to uh, you know to the tens of fans that we have out there, <laughs> um, something we could probably talk about is there's one voice missing here today, and that is the. Kevin Casey Cants and uh you we know, miss him. Yeah, we do. And and his uh Casey would probably love to be here, but uh him being a you know, a news personality wants to make sure that he's broadcasting uh the best information he can and making sure that he's staying safe as as we've kinda you know we've We are socially distant here. Yeah, and we, and we've been using a ton of mask use in the gym and really trying to uh keep people safe here and he's he's out there and he said you know hey i'd I'd love to be there but i just want to be safe so um that's why casey's not with us today and uh we'll kind of see what happens in the future here with this pandemic i don't know if you guys have heard but we're in the middle of a pandemic i did hear something about that are we in the middle do you think we're like past the middle um we can hope we're coming up on a year in march i've talked to some uh pretty educated people and they seem to think that um I, the question is when can we stop wearing masks and uh i'm saying end of the year uh maybe even early next year and i think that masks will probably be a thing that's forever in our future as far as you know if somebody gets a cold or somebody gets a flu we've seen how fast that it can spread so i think that you'll probably see people just in the future I don't feel well. I'm going to wear a mask. Some cultures already have been doing that for that, yeah. decades, at like Chinese Penn, culture. At Penn State, every yeah, they always had masks, and it was like, wow, I wonder why they're doing that. And now it's just like, wow, they're so smart. They're yeah, Vinny, ahead of the times. Vinny's over, uh, he just vacationed in Wuhan. Uh, he lives in China, so that's like, uh, he basically lives in the part of China that would be equivalent to like the Florida here. And he said they haven't had a single case in, in months. and they're, wow. But he said... Uh, Mask use is common. Like if you have a cold, you wear a mask just to protect other just people, just curious. out of courtesy. Yeah. yeah, and no one bats an eye about yeah. it. So I think I think masks are going to be more more permanent moving forward. I agree with that. I think uh, I think you'll stop seeing a lot of mask usage whenever the uh, vaccine hits like seventy five percent of the population, which yeah. probably won't be until the end of the year. Like if said, it ever does, I yeah. mean, they say there's that a bunch even, of people that are saying no to it. Yeah, healthcare workers are even fifty fifty on getting the vaccine, and you know I kind of understand their hesitation. I've talked to my resources of of doctors and pharmacists and that kind of stuff, and um, I got the vaccine. I'm a healthcare worker. I think that uh, you know if anybody should be on the front lines of seeing what happens. We'll see if I grow a third eyeball or something like that. But yeah, well, I had COVID. So my wife and I had it. So we, based on research, it sounds like some of the antibodies should be good for up to eight months because they've only been able to test it for eight months. Could be. Could be. Good. Uh, It could also be out of you now or who knows. And and the vaccine, they don't know. Is it a yearly thing? Is it a, is it an every three month thing? Is it one and done? We don't really know that yet, but the only way we're going to find out is by doing it. Um, yeah, I think 
we'll I see. think it's a, it's uh, it's getting kind of monotonous because it just seems like that's the conversation all the time is COVID, 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 which kind of stinks, but I get it. There has not been a day since the day we shut down since I haven't talked about or listened to something about COVID. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could bring that here today. I'm yeah. happy it's well, another day. Chalk yeah. it up. Yep. Another day we're here. <laughs> another day. Talking but about uh, what's happened in the meantime, Zach and I had a, each had a baby. Not, not we with each other. Not with <laughs> each other. Well, we did. His name is Jake Lidner. <laughs> Jake Lidner, yep. <laughs> uh, he is 21 uh, years old. <laughs> if, you, if you took it... If you like put our faces together and our bodies together, overlapped on like uh, that, it would be Jake. That used to be a popular thing on Facebook. You and your significant other on yeah. Facebook would join profile pictures and they would make your baby for you. Yeah, and Jake they, would be ours. Jake would be Jake yeah. 100% would be ours. <laughs> we should find a way to do that. Put my That's picture, the, your picture, and have it just, just blend. Yeah. Uh, it would pop out. <laughs> Jake Lindner. comes out the Lindner's profile picture. Yeah. yeah, that would be hysterical. That'd be amazing. But I definitely got, think like, the, but, uh, the helmet on. If somebody out there can do that. Please, yeah, please. Yeah, if somebody, yeah, somebody has to have the ability to yeah. do that. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Callan and Ryan, who are best friends already. Uh, Callan is almost seven months, correct? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ryan just turned ten months, which is kind of crazy. Um, and they're both listening. They are. She's <laughs> actually, I think she was, she was chomping on some sweet potatoes when I left. Yep. But uh, yeah, so we Callan, had babies. Callan was doing arithmetic when I left. <laughs> was arithmetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mine was. Shoving triangles into a round hole. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> she, she definitely takes after yeah. her father. But uh, that's something on my face. Thanks for touching my face, Zach. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, gym was shut down for a few months, so we were able to update the gym a little bit. Uh, we pretty prettied it up a little bit. Uh, but we're starting to get back to normal with numbers and attendance, and sports is doing really well for us. So I'm really happy with how the, uh, the start of 2021 is going. Um, and how tough has it been to keep up with the times and keep up with the cleanliness? And, you know, the, uh, the members have been doing a really good job at trying to keep things together. Members have been doing, uh, especially in the class setting, they've been doing a really good job. Um, it's uh, It's been tough because our expenses have increased uh, a lot just by we've had to hire more cleaning help. We obviously have to get more expensive cleaner that makes sure we kill uh, the virus um, just the time and energy and the resources, it, it makes it challenging. I think the hardest thing is just making sure people were staying active uh, during the shutdown. And then even we still have people that are would be considered high risk that we learned equipment out that are doing that are following along to all of our CrossFit workouts at home, which has been awesome to, to see because they're, they're dedicated and they're really, really focused on their fitness right now, which I think, uh, unfortunately, the government missed a huge uh, huge hole about how important mental mental health is with this whole shutdown and physical health and physical health and how they they kind of coincide like they're and they did a study the same, so. they did a study about the transmission of covid in gyms and it was pretty super low super low yeah as long as you're taking the precautions yeah uh, no obviously if you're running around maskless sneezing on everything and not wiping up that's gonna that you can't control that but fortunately our members are they they really actually care about everybody else it's a it's a tight-knit group here so um, I think that's important. Um, and occasional yeah. and occasional reminders, just to hey, we're still in this pandemic. Let's let's stay clean. Let's stay yeah. focused here. And but I get think past it. But I, in the meantime, with the business, um, sports has picked up. So yes. So and we're going to touch base on this a lot. But I think a huge huge reason um, the the one caveat to being with the lockdown is that athletes haven't had anything to do. To do. 
So we've been able to keep them in the gym longer, which I think when they realize, and Ambrose can attest to this, the fact that they're actually training through technically a season, yeah. how much better a big difference. it's going to make a huge difference. Because uh, one of the things that, and it's a lot of these athletes don't drive themselves and, and uh, understand this, but a, a big thing that I think a lot of these kids miss, and, and I didn't realize it until, until I got to a certain level with hockey, but you have to train in season. Like at least once or twice a day, or not once or twice a day, once or twice a week will ultimately make you a better athlete and hopefully keep you from getting injured, keep just as far as maintenance and uh, just staying staying in the same position. Like you're not having any decreases in strength, uh, decreases in uh, really explosiveness, anything sports-related. I think training in season is going to be beneficial, and I think we're going to see a big pop from how much better these athletes are going to be yeah. moving forward so and then you've been working with countless athletes this whole time so it's it's it, i'm excited to see how some of them are doing and speaking from the healthcare side um <clears throat> something obviously i'm on a podcast with freddie dorman and i'm sitting in my office right outside of dorman sports performance so um the reason i kind of aligned myself in this building is something that people don't realize and, and nothing against any other gym i think any other gym has has uh everybody's, you know, well-being and as their number one priority, and, and I commend them for that. And if somebody shows up to me from a different gym, I'm just excited that they're moving, and I don't try to, you know, persuade them to go anywhere else. But, um, you know, something that I – the reason I'm in these walls is because this facility in particular puts a lot of effort into hiring the most educated people. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can't – it's tough to find a – a trainer I, I, it's, it's tough to find a trainer here that doesn't have a bachelor's in exercise science and freddie's usaw certified and level you know different crossfit certifications and and all that kind of stuff so i think that that's important to me that you get people that are just like selling houses everybody yeah. can go out and sell a house and and nowadays anybody can go out and become a personal trainer and it's kind of tough for somebody like ambrose and marina and that, you know, I have an exercise science degree and Freddie and, you know, I put four years of my education and then you come out and it's kind of like, oh man, why, why am I, how am I going to differentiate myself? And so, really the programming will do that. So the touch on that, the hardest thing that I, I don't want to say it, let me rephrase that. It wasn't the hardest thing, but challenging thing with the shutdown is that you can, all of these trainers went online oh, yeah. and you don't know who to trust. Mm -hmm. So like, as far as like content, like, I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen somebody doing a CrossFit workout that Rich Froning did in the gym, but they have no reason why he was doing it. Yeah. They're not at his level. Yeah, they don't have they, they don't, don't have his they ability. Don't, yeah, right. they don't have they're not at that at that level yet. So why would you be doing something this top level athlete's doing? And vice versa. I've seen it with personal trainers, I've seen it with strength coaches. So I think uh, And I commend people for wanting yes. to get people moving. I don't um, want yeah, I don't want to take away from the people trying to get better. You just have to be careful with what, what content you're you're absorbing. Sure. So Ambrose Aquadro, can you spell that for us? It's A M B R O S E A Q U A D. Very oh. normal middle name. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> uh, probably the most unique name I've ever heard. Um, Shout out to Vet Aquadro. Yep. Pop Pop. Yeah, Philip. Um, Phil. So give us a background of you. Um, so I. I thought about this this morning was actually very funny because it deals with both of you guys. Oh, jeez. Um, Were you in the bathroom? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Taking a so, poop or... Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, 
because and I I had no idea I wanted to do anything related to sports until like my senior year of college, which is kind of funny. So I wanted to be a PT at first because mm-hmm. my sister was driving me. She was dropping me off somewhere. And she was in college, and I was going to be going to college, so that she was asking me what I wanted to do with my life. Probably wouldn't be able to that's do a, it. That's a loaded question whenever you're no still idea. in college. Yeah, so you, I, you probably wouldn't be able to do it. No, sure. Not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so she says, uh, well, I could see you being a physical therapist. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, I'll do that. I had no idea what that, <laughs> like, what it even was. Um, sure. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah, I'll do that. And then Kine- Penn State had Kines, so I did Kines because I just was like, oh, I'm just going to go be a physical therapist. I had no idea what that entailed. Um, and then... To skip way ahead, my before my senior year, I decided I wanted to do strength and conditioning. So I actually DM'd Fred. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think you posted something. Yeah, you or can, whatever. We can thank Hal Bedork for this. Yeah, connection. yeah. So well, I so first I DM'd Fred because I was like, oh, you know, summer coming up, I can go back to Altoona. I Let me preface this and say that Ambrose and I had already known each other. Yeah, not obviously not as well not, as we no, do no. now, yeah. but we each played hockey, yes. and Ambrose himself was a very very good hockey player, and even probably would you say you were a better roller hockey player? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like dominant when he was like twelve, he was sniping in adult leagues and roller mm-hmm. hockey. But continue anyway. So yeah, this was so this was before we had even more formally met. So this was before my senior year, and I DM. I think you had posted something of someone doing stuff out there, and I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I could learn how to because I had no idea how to program. I didn't even really work out myself. So I DM'd Fred, and I got crickets, nothing. So then that's I just so <laughs> that's that's <laughs> which, on par with I've how I respond. To, which I've come to learn is just like a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. I have but, thirty-seven. Um, I'm not bullshitting. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. I have thirty-seven unread text messages. Yeah, and four hundred ninety-nine emails. There that I'm thirty-nine go. text messages. I got to read. So then, so then the the rest played out, and then a year later, I ended up here anyways. Yeah. So going. shout out to Hal Bedork. He just popped in one day. Said, "Hey, you should hire Ambrose." Yeah. I said. Okay, yep. yeah, <laughs> that was it. Pretty well, yeah. And it's been it's been working out great right now. So yeah. we've been, I feel like we hit the jackpot with uh, Ambrose and then your uh, uh, Ambroite Marina. Yes. Who also is uh, if you ever come into the gym, Ambrose. This is the first time I've seen Ambrose without no, socks, but with shoes on. Uh, those are the whitest pair of shoes I've ever seen. That's because he never wears them. Yeah, <laughs> they're not white. They're very dirty. <laughs> very dirty. But uh, uh, he's always shoeless. So. That's one of the things that we get comments on a lot is why is Ambrose why is shoeless? Not wearing shoes. So well, bef- before we get to there, so you went, so you decided you wanted to do sports. You went to Penn State. You didn't get into Pitt. You told me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so they didn't even let me apply. <laughs> yeah. So you go to exercise science. Yeah. So talked about talk about your training model because it's a little different than most people's training model um, as far as. You know, I I remember whenever I was in exercise science program in 2007, um, which is decent decent time ago. You're, you're a lot fresher than me. Mm-hmm. Everything was about periodization, and and you know you want to lead up to an event and then uh, max out, and then have your season and maintain throughout the season. And just j- just in you know 13 years or whatever it's been, mm-hmm. um, I feel like sports performance especially has gone so far um into you know more science-based stuff and it's more you know my my classes were great um but they were generally targeted towards the overweight 50 year old person um and now sports performance sometimes i watch some of the stuff you do and i'm just trying to like how the heck is he getting there but talk about your programming style and your and your influences there first off um as far as like strength and conditioning as an option is like not even a thing at college. Yeah. So I went 
because I st- my because your internship I think really shaped that was uh, yeah so because because Cam's legit my first internship was with the it was like East Area teams and that was just heart rate analytics mm-hmm. and so I went through a few years of that and didn't I liked it but it wasn't like a job but then I still had no idea like that was again I was like a see every once in a while I would like feel ambitious and work out with some buddies mm-hmm. um, I would ask the field hockey strength coach a few questions here and there but like I had no clue how to do that and this was after three years of going to college to learn about this stuff um so and that's nothing against that it's just they don't base their classes on how to program or period whatever it is so yeah i got pretty much everything from cam at penn state yeah he, he taught but it was so you <coughs> worked me. you worked with uh the men's hockey team men's hockey women's volleyball women's volleyball and women, yeah and uh he taught me a lot of stuff. And he programmed. He's a strength coach for both those teams, correct? He, yeah. Yeah, he had a pretty long journey, and then he ended up – he's been at Penn State for a while. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, he taught me pretty much all of – or most of what I know, but it's like I'll still get tidbits now that, like, he taught me two whatever it was mm-hmm. years ago. Like light bulb And moment. I was just like, oh, okay, sounds good. He would tell me, and then I'd go, you know, help whoever it was out. And then, and then like, a couple months ago, you know, I had, I'd have something come up that I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. Right. So I would say that I even – I think that I'm very comfortable with what I do, and I think that I have my head wrapped around my philosophies or portray whatever. But um, but you're still very open-minded. Very, yeah, I, I'm very young at mind, I think, because it's – it's all super new still to me. Even. Yeah. yeah, I think the cool thing with having you, and and we talked about this the other day, is that the way we the, our programming styles are very different, but I, I, mine's constantly, I don't want to say changing, but it's constantly evolving. And I think one of the things you said that Cam told you that was really cool is that he went through like this program, and he was like, there's 15 different coaches involved in this that one program. one workout, yeah. Yeah, so just because... Um, for instance, you're a big Cal Dietz guy with like the Trivasic stuff. Yeah. Cam Cam also follows suits. He's yeah, real big on the RPR. Um, that's not just the training program, but that's just like a piece of the piece, piece of the yeah piece of the puzzle. Your tool belt, just another another tool in the tool belt. But I think it's really cool because my mind has kind of shifted away a little bit from the sports, and I've obviously have been putting most of my time and energy into our weightlifting team. So um, it's nice going back to that that sports performance because it is i mean you can only snatch clean jerk back squat front squat so much so until you gotta you gotta kind of add things, together. Yeah, you yeah. gotta add some stuff to it but also yeah. even with like my high school athletes that i'm still programming for um I've, i'm finding myself getting away from the olympic stuff and getting more into the sports performance and you would probably see a lot of their workouts looking very similar to what ambrose is doing now um which obviously the, it, it's paying off because all all of our athletes have been and a lot of Ambrose's athletes are becoming very high level one in particular who is on ESPN 2 today mm-hmm. uh Deshaun um you want to kind of talk about him he's been with us now well you in particular now uh, for it's been was it since August maybe? August yeah. yeah so he started here in the facility and then he's down at UPenn now uh with his uh with his track coach but you, you've still been programming for him mm-hmm. so how's that been going with somebody that's top 20 in the world yeah programming remotely for him how's that i i don't know i um i mean it's going really well i sometimes i don't necessarily like the the remote thing so well because i'd so much rather have you like i have my thoughts and then i put it to paper with the program and then i like to see it come into fruition in front of me rather than 
you know, typing it up and mm-hmm. giving them some pointers. And getting a video that and night. Then, yeah, and then you're just like, hey, you know, it looks good, but I'd like the, the pointers to be right there. But, um, no, Especially that Especially because if you get those videos and you're like, oh, that's he missed what I wanted. Exactly. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Well. No, it's I, tough, which it, is the toughest thing about the whole remote thing and things going. But, um, but no, as far as he was probably my biggest learning curve because I had my favorite thing of that, that I had about working here was that I got to put all of those things that I did learn kind of to test and actually mm-hmm. like, cause that's how I learn. I like someone tells me something, I have to practice it and then maybe teach someone else it or whatever it is. And then that's how I really ingrain it. So that he was, I had so many ideas that I wanted to use on someone that I was kind of uncomfortable with putting on someone that I didn't necessarily know was like truly elite. Mm-hmm. And he was really able to push the envelope on some stuff. Yeah. And I learned a ton. Talk about him. some of some of his stats, his pre and post testing. Yeah. He are ridiculous. had a huge two weeks. He went now, I mean most of his stuff was all like to begin he did a lot of corrective stuff. Um, yeah, he and was, not even no, by corrective, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, lay on the ground and learn how to use your glue or whatever it is. Like yeah. Very functional. But um, yeah, a lot of because he was very valgus and he had um, his main thing. And especially uh, it's pretty common if, if you have weak hips. A lot of times I think it comes from the foot, actually. So first he, we had to learn how to use his feet. Um, but then. Uh, yeah, he had those, those big two weeks. That vertical went up like 9, 10 inches. His yeah, squats went nuts. up like 75, 85 pounds. Yeah, it was um, nuts. Yeah, he had a huge couple of weeks there towards the end before he shipped down to Yeah, Penn. How's his uh, training been going now? It's been going good. Um, keeping things pretty light. I've been trying to keep in touch with both him and his coach, too, mm-hmm. just so they can kind of – we can all be on the same page. Because obviously I want – I think the biggest thing about, like you were saying earlier, training in season, it's important to keep – your strength, your power, whatever it is. But I think even more importantly, it's important if you're doing so much concentric stuff, especially mm-hmm. on track, it's so explosive, it's so concentric, you have to get the other two-thirds of that. You have and to it's get the all interior. You have to get the, yeah, you it, have to get a well-rounded fill-the-buckets kind of Yeah, and I think one it. of the biggest compliments you can get is that he has a history of having hip flexor issues, yes. and he hasn't had anything since yeah. he started training with you. So yeah. not only is Why well, would you say that out loud, Fred? Let me just knock on wood here. Yeah, that now he's he's on. Sorry, Deshaun. I love you. Anyway, gone. I think it's I think it's important to to say like you can get stronger and just keep hammering those sort of things, but yes. if you don't address those little issues, because if it that if that did happen, he would miss time from track, well, and he's yeah. he's going for an Olympic trial. It's big, and it's it's big too to understand that someone at that level too. I think a lot of times people harp so much on getting stronger and getting faster, but realistically. He's he, already he's he, already fast. He gained yeah he gained half of a pound. So like we didn't really put muscle on him, but neurologically he just got so much more efficient. So right. then he he can just produce so much more force in less time because now yeah little at, at that do. level it's hard to find. You got to find not, little things. Yeah, I was gonna say at that level of an athlete, you're not gonna make drastic changes and see no. giant gains. Yeah. Well, and but sometimes you're gonna have to make really small adjustments to see the biggest gains. Sometimes when you're elite, you know, I was talking to. Kevin Gibbons over the summer and sometimes when you're an elite athlete you know playing for the 49ers and you can back squat 700 pounds the risk reward there so so playing football do you need to back squat 700 pounds there's no reason to go above that probably not so so a lot of times training is motor pro motor planning right and it's say let's have you in good positions whenever you have the most amount of strain um, and I think that that's, that's important to know when you start doing elite, like you want to progress elite athletes, yeah. but at the same time, 
you also need to be looking at the best interest. And it's the, the risk the risk reward. It's also I'd rather it's cool to have someone who can, you know, you can have them go squat seven hundred pounds and everyone thinks that's amazing. But I would rather have someone who can squat, you know, whatever a good ratio of that is a ton of times efficiently Correctly, in a yeah. certain amount of time. Like instead of just, oh, you did that one time, I'd rather someone move a good amount of weight in five seconds and get like eight reps per second. Yeah. Something which like he's that. doing a lot of right now, the yeah. AFSM stuff. Yeah. So which is actually cool to see. The intensity is always a lot higher when you're doing that too, which I like yeah. with the lower weight. But FSM, A AFSM, antagonistically facilitated shock method. So it's basically crazy. You you periodize like five, seven, eight, ten seconds. I do now. Yeah, it totally depends on like for Deshaun. That's that happened to be his. Monday was a primer, so he did seven seconds. Wednesday was his his heavy day, so more weight, five less time, five seconds, and then Friday was just a ton of volume, lighter weights, ten seconds. But that's based off of advantageous and disadvantageous times related to his the one ten hurdle. Yeah. So it may you know maybe a football player is different, maybe a hockey player is different, whatever yeah. it is. So, so give us an example of like what that. Give us like an exercise from each of those days. Like how would you make that? Well, the, so. I kept it with him, with the, especially those two weeks, I kept it super basic, like mm-hmm. hip flexion, hip extension, like very basic movements that are relative to the sport. Um, and then allowing that, whether it's a, a group of muscles or whatever it might be, to be loaded. Like I did, I think we did a split hex bar every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday was just a moderate weight. Wednesday was heavy and Friday was light. But the coolest thing about that was... You base was, that off of like a percentage of a 1RM? Yeah, and the coolest thing about it was he got that much stronger and he didn't move anything above 50% in two weeks. He moved, he moved 40% on Monday, he moved 50% on Wednesday, and he moved 30% and on And it's Friday. as many reps as you can And it's as many reps. So it's, it's, it's because that's, yeah, and I think one of the coolest things that I've learned about sports performance is that, again, it's not, I, I would prefer someone, I would consider someone elite if they do more work in less time. Two guys can have a 400-pound back squat, but if, Guy one can squat 200 pounds six times in five seconds, and guy two can squat 209 times. I want guy two. Right. Um, so learning how to not just contract the muscle but relax the muscle, and then that can also help with the tent because, uh, you know, obviously the pliability of the muscle might change. It. So if you don't really challenge crazy deep levels, then you're just keeping them fast and springy and strong, the tendon, the muscle, everything. So then you're going to have less injury. Right. It's 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 been really fun to watch, especially these younger kids starting to pick up on that. Yeah, because I think uh, yeah. with the football team, uh, especially like kids like Vinny, I think you're <laughs> gonna difference. yeah you're yeah. gonna see a big difference big out of that kid. Yeah. Well, he's um, he's gained some weight. He they has. all have. He yeah, he's starting to wear the cutoff pretty much every day. Sleep. <laughs> I asked every day. I'm like, sleeve yeah, monsters getting think, you pretty bad. I think every one of his shirts at home does not have sleeves at this point. Yeah, and I don't think any of his shorts go down to his knees either. No, he's a funny. He's, he's a fu- very he's a funny, funny kid. kid. We we've been so, blessed with some of our athletes. Sometimes so. I'll be in here working with a patient. And I'll look out in the. In and the he, lobby, and he's just, just Vinny. He's just just thriving. Double arm, <laughs> double arm flexing at me. He doesn't have big arms, which I think I, he knows is funny. Yeah, no. I told Vinny at some point in his life, I'm gonna beat <laughs> beat the shit out of him. Is what I told him. I said it might be today. It might be when you're 50 years it's old. Co- and it's coming. I said it's coming, and I want you to know you'll never know when it's coming. And the other day, he walked in here and he was flexing at me, and I told him, "Might be today, Vinny." I, yeah. And he was like, "I'm ready." But uh, he's a funny kid. Yeah, those kids are awesome. I love those kids. But, but to speak about what you were just talking about, yeah. as far as the sport 
specificity to sports training. Yes. So you're talking about training for an elite track track athlete. How mm-hmm. do you not to say that Vinny's not elite, but um, he's not. But because uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Vinny's not listening to this. But uh, um, h- how do you how do you switch gears? Sometimes I think so as a orthopedic clinical specialist, physical therapist, uh, doing things the way that I do it. Um, sometimes I'm not the first or second therapist in line. Lately, I have been. Mm-hmm. Um, people, more people have been saying, "Hey, I'm going to cut to the chase and go to this guy." Um, but as far as sometimes I like having the, you know, the elite people that you can do stuff with. Sometimes that's intimidating to me because it's like, oh, man, I got to make sure this guy's good. Yeah. Um, sometimes I like the 55-year-old back pain that comes into me just because it's a change of pace. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the change of pace, and I'm a big fan of, you know, seeing multiple different things. Yeah. How do you uh, manage all that, like going from – I th- Deshaun to yeah, BGA. I, I mean, I think my as far as managing it now, I don't think that I, I don't think I see really any differentiation between any of my athletes at this point, just because I know I'm confident in the way that I can coach the certain movements. Because I think everybody has muscles and tendons and all that stuff, so they all move the same, and it's just a matter of right. if they can move and. You, if they can't, then you just have to get them there before they get into stuff. But I don't think that there's really any reason the the older or younger football players or whatever it is can do the same things that Deshaun was doing. I think mm-hmm. it's just a matter of making sure they get there safely. And I, and because I think that's, that... that's the end goal, for, in my opinion. Like, if, if doing more work in less time is what's going to make anybody a better athlete, I want to get anybody in that realm. It just ha- you just have to do it safely. And I, and I think I talk to patients all the time about, you know, hey, we're going to go – I have a picture on my phone of a 68-year-old guy deadlifting a bar. I'll never forget the day. So he's like, what are we doing today? Back pain. I said, we're going to go deadlift. And he looked at me like, what the hell am I deadlifting for? (laughs) Yeah, what is going on? Sometimes I like to tell those people that like – just because you're not going out and performing on Sunday, like the yeah. like the intensity of what you're doing versus the intensity, like the the preparation that Deshaun has to have is the same preparation that you exactly. have to have to go push the lawnmower. Exactly. Right. So you actually made an analogy um, when I used to work with you at another location. You're like, and I I heard you say this to a patient. There's an older gentleman who was struggling to get out of a chair to stand to his walker and then walk across the room. So I was helping you that day, and we just did that. Yeah. He goes, you're no, you're no different than that football player on Sunday. Your sport's just different. Yeah. yeah. Like, your preparation is to get to this walker and get across the room. Their preparation is to go, go play football. There's them. nothing yeah. different. Yeah. And it, he said, get the hell away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop touching <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah, but, uh, I said that to him. Fred and I, you don't know this, but Fred and I have been friends for a long time, but I don't know that I got you that job. Did I get you that job? Maybe. I'll be honest. It was so long ago. Probably because of all the jobs I've ever had, I've never had to do an interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he worked as a tech and uh, for, for the PT company I used to work for, and it was... Uh, we both worked I was supposed to be in Altoona, and then I was in Huntington. <laughs> yeah, um... And the thought process was is Fred was starting a gym and he wanted to get in there and have a little bit of a... I wanted to see what, what athletes had to go through before they got to me. Yeah. So that way I was better prepared for whenever okay. he would start sending me athletes. Yeah. I could be like, okay, no so we can yeah. just kind of slowly start. Yeah. Continue, it's, instead of just starting fresh, it's a continuation of what they were doing. Right. And it made a big difference. Plus, it was a very easy way for us to make that connection as far as like, Hey, you're going to be done with, with PT. Once I get to the like 90, 95%, we're going to 
we're going to move you over to this. Yeah. And then just, it was, it worked well and it's still working well. And understand I was a very new therapist. So a lot of situations that I had to deal with, I wasn't prepared to deal with them mm-hmm. yet. And Fred and I had our favorite patient. I don't remember his name. Um, <laughs> and he would pull his pants down his, <laughs> ankle, yes. down his ankles to tuck in his shirt. Yeah, he was awesome. He, <laughs> he, he, had, he had dementia. Yeah. And uh, I, but I, he, he worked his ass off, and he would just scoot around. He'd just smile and do whatever smile. I told him to do. <laughs> yeah. but My I remember, life's crazy. Yeah, awesome. he, he was awesome. But I remember... Uh, I'd always have to put stim on his rear, like, uh, basically, like, QL. So he... Yeah. And, Instead of just like shifting his pants down, uh-huh. they'd be down to his ankles. Nice. And I remember, <laughs> and I remember Fred looking at me, going, "What do I do about What's this?" What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And I was looking at Fred, going, "I don't know." Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's crazy. Yeah, he would always. <laughs> my wife's crazy. Is what he always he's told me. He's the us. nicest man in the world. Yeah. Um, but, but we yeah. had, we had fun doing that. I actually uh, was asked to do a birthday message for Drew Schubick, um, who also did the same thing, and. Um, there's a couple of funny stories from that back in those days that that I did on my little birthday message, but uh, <laughs> but that was a fun time. It was. It was Wait, uh, is it, you said it's his birthday now? Uh, February second, maybe. Okay. Does he know that those messages are coming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. He he, he texted me yesterday. No, he texted me yesterday and said thanks for the message. Yeah. Um, Drew's a good guy. He's a really good basketball coach. Yeah. So happy birthday, Drew. Yeah. A couple days. I think a couple of days we can, we can anyway, but yeah, so let's, uh, what, so what do you think as far as like Deshaun or yeah. even not even Deshaun, but even the football, like what's like the thing on the horizon that you're like really excited about for like the sports performance world? Because I, th- I mean, you do a ton of research yeah. or sports performance in general program here yeah. that you're planning on uh, trying to get into. Um, so no, we are wow. we haven't announced it yet, but we are going to be starting a kids class, yeah. like ten to thirteen year olds. We're going to have that going to be uh, him and Marina are going to be overseeing that. So that's that's something, but that's uh, something that you're looking forward to, like introducing to like your athletes. Like I have this thing up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. I really want to. I don't know if I necessarily have anything up my up my sleeve. I think I'm I'm looking into a lot of stuff. I've been doing some stuff with my own self. I think the thing that I'm most excited for is. Um, and nothing against this mentality, but I think the BG kids, whenever they first started, or at least whenever I first started with them, because they had been here before, but it, it was all about, like, and I was just saying this to you the other day, um, there's nothing wrong with the mentality that you have to go 110% every day to get better, but you can go 110% in a mobility exercise, right. or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that this next six or four, four or six weeks with those kids is going to be, like, the turning point because I think they've really bought in to like what I'm doing with them. Yeah, they never and have shoes on either. Yeah, it's no, it's but <laughs> it's it's shoeless. cool. It's cool to see like before I could tell that they were kind of um, they would come in and do whatever you told them, but at the same time, all they wanted to do was go bench really heavy or dead, yeah. like whatever it was. They just wanted to be and like, heavy and feel strong. Unfortunately, just not to cut you off there, I don't think that's I. I think that's a mentality that they almost have to have. The yeah, the P yeah. is a different situation. Right. Like they got to show certain numbers to make staff happy, yes. coaching coaches yeah. happy. But but I think that they they're starting to understand that there's way better ways to get there mm-hmm. than lift because you can go lift 100 percent every day and you're not gonna. It's gonna take a while to get to 101. Yeah, my, like being able to actually. I mean, Deshaun shot up in two weeks. Like it, the, I think they're understanding that that can happen a lot better, safer. 
more optimal well, ways. And listen, kudos to BG's coaching staff Big because yeah. because in this area they're realizing like you were talking about benching every day. And whenever I was, I was a pretty decent football player back in the day, and and that's what we did. We yeah. we did bigger, faster, stronger, bench, deadlift, squat, and that's what we did every day. Hang power cleans, and, that and was about it. And the, and the thing is, is that you know the coaching staff that was there whenever I was there is no longer. But um, was Buddy Morris there? No, I'm talking high school. High school. Oh, high school I thought you were talking But Buddy Morris was not there when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, I think a lot of coaches in this area, and, and it comes down to, you know, limited budget for high, yeah. for schools and that kind of stuff. But, you know, coaches in this area, and I shouldn't – coaches in every area, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a coach that says, back whenever I played, this is how we did it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you get in there and bicep curl and bench and all this stuff, not not taking into consideration that back when they played was in nineteen sixty. Yeah. Um, things have come a long way yeah. since then. And kudos to BG's coaching staff because they've realized that, hey, and they're they're always in the state championship talk yeah. every year. Yeah. They um, they have multiple D one athletes every year. Because yeah. they're trying to push and get better and saying, Hey, this is outside of my comfort zone. Right. I went to school to be a teacher. Yeah. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna take hands off the wheel and say, Here you yeah. go, Ambrose, ride this train yeah, and say, And another yeah. and I think the and something that benefits these athletes that probably wasn't like they probably didn't think about. But I wouldn't want to listen to my coach at all times, oh, like no on way. the field, yeah. in the locker room, yeah. and in the gym. So it's, it's nice, nice to having, see different faces. It's, yeah, it's nice to have a different voice yelling at you every yeah. once in a while. Because um, I dealt with that too. So I had a coach that used to run our weight room, and uh, when I played hockey up in Buffalo, and he had no idea what he was doing, and it wasn't his fault. It was just there wasn't anybody else to do it. So yeah. it was and bench, no bench, yet. deadlift, curls, leg extension, leg leg curls. That That's was like it. basically our program, yeah. and like. There was some Division One hockey players on our on our program. That was that yeah. was all we had access to. Yeah, and uh, having him in your ear, and then on the ice, having him in your ear just gets tired. It's just yeah. There's it's no just, give me give me somebody else. Yeah, I also think a big buy-in is getting in front of these parents. Um, yeah. parents don't know. Like I like I said, you know, if I need to have my um, my a new furnace. You know, I call the guy that does the furnace. Yeah. You know, you, you call the guy that knows what you're doing, and I get frustrated when I'm like, I don't know how to build this thing, and they yeah. say, "Well, you're a really good therapist. Go do that. Let me <laughs> let me handle this." Uh, and there's yeah. some, you know, sometimes they don't. There's schools that don't have the budget, and I'm here to tell you that Bishop Guilfoyle is a school that you know isn't isn't the most financially stable in the world. That most Catholic schools. You they know, uh, they fundraised for it last year. Yeah, yeah. F- fundraising, and sometimes these coaches don't understand that. Hey. Get all your players to throw in twenty bucks. It'll yeah. buy you an off-season program. Yeah. You know what I mean. And, yeah. and and to think about like, you know, the the how inexpensive that could be. Yeah. It's just a. Sometimes coaches want to keep guys under their roof because they want to build team bonding and all that kind of stuff. But I would say where I got along with the guys the most was whenever we were in the weight room because we were all struggling. Right. You yeah. know, and, and it's. Hey, this guy's here when I'm struggling, and and uh, so come fourth quarter, you know, they're on the goal line. You want to be with those guys. So, but anyway, back to uh, your your boring story. About yeah, no, I just think that that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. I think it'll be cool to see the kids are like, wow, I came a long way since whenever yeah. it was. Do you do any pre and post testing? Like, do you have any evidence to show them? Oh yeah, yeah, hey, especially hey, tie too. Oh yeah, you have a tie. No, that's um, they've and right now I've been. I guess this is my 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 thing that I'm excited about now. Um, layering tests instead of uh, to keep guys fresh. So it, it'll be like two weeks of eccentric. Well, first they tested, and then it's like uh, so 
very start of the story, they tested their one RMs, that kind of stuff, like speed, agility, vertical, whatever it is. Um, and then they went through kind of like an alactic, just GPP phase, and then tested um, based off of we took different percentages. So it was like light, it was the same. It was, I think it was 40, 50, and 30% with different movements. And then we saw how many reps per second they got. That was, So that was test one and then test two. And then they'll go through an eccentric phase and then uh, an isometric, concentric, blah, blah, blah. But then every two weeks or three weeks, they'll have the same reps per second workout that they had after that alactic phase. You're tracking reps. Now we're tracking. It's every three weeks we can see, you know, in the past three weeks from those eccentrics, your reps per second in this movement, that movement, and this movement went up one, two, three, four, whatever reps. So instead of, you know, getting these guys under heavy bars all the time, it's they're, the intensity's through the roof, so they're getting a lot out of it. But um, I think it's I'm excited about that as a new way of kind of continuing to test. And then you can catch things. It's not like you went through this huge 15, 16-week cycle and you're like, oh, damn, you know, could have caught this week four. So since they train so, in a group, and I've been able to witness witness this firsthand, uh, how do you – and this, this obviously everyone kind of has like their personal um, touch to this, but since they're kind of training, they're, they're all following the similar structure of a workout. Yeah. How do you individualize it for them? May, I mean – Obviously, I've, obviously, weights are going to be individualized. Yeah, weights are very individualized. Warm-ups are the individualized. Main, yeah, the main thing, I just try to, if someone's moving a certain way, I think it's important just to, like, instead of, hey, just power through this, mm-hmm. you know, try to keep up with the group to back off. Like, Mikey had had some back issues take a week or two. Which Definitely, that kid's not even recognizable anymore from when he first oh, started to now. Oh, big difference. Yeah, yeah, but no, he, so um, when the rest of the guys were going hard, there's, Plenty of ways to go hard and not load the spine. Right. So he was doing, you know, maybe not squats, but sleds. Maybe not a push, but a, a sledge. Like, whatever it is to kind of still get that that structural or non-structural loading, um, but not have to put all of that on the, on the spine and, and really let the body change a little yeah. bit, whether it's soft tissue or whether it's just different methods, teaching with the toe. I harp on the toe a lot. You're big on the toe. Big on the toe. Um but yeah, that's Zach likes feet, but for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's me the, and Rex Ryan. <laughs> I think that's what? the biggest. Rex Ryan is known to have a foot, foot fetish. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, but I do like I I do a lot of stuff on. Uh, there's a thing called the SFMA, which I eventually will kind of go down that road of yeah. learning another like an assessment system. Yeah. I, I through my OCS, I do a certain way, but there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, right? There's yes. a lot of way to break things down, and as long as we get to the same place, then you know that's the goal, but um, I know that a lot of times uh, looking at big toe, you can look at glute firing, glute patterns with looking well, yeah, at the big toe. And so, uh, yeah, that's because that's. I feel like the only two things that I really care about. I think it's nice to have a full assessment, but the th- the two main things that I care about the most are: do they know how to use their toes, and what's their glute firing pattern? Yeah, as the two. And, if, and, if, it, and if it's not, if it's if it's off, then no big deal. Just fix it. Doesn't take that long to fix. But we also talked about this the other day that there's a lot of uh, I, I think that if you get on Instagram and, and our our professions are very highly Instagrammable very um, much, yeah. and you can get yourself doing something that's really good for you and you uh, can also get something to do that's way over your head yeah um, 
but we talked about this the other day, and I feel like everybody's trying to find that that muscle group yeah. that you need to focus on this muscle group. Yeah. Um, I think that we're creatures of the same habit. We spend a lot of time sitting in a chair, yeah. forward head postures, you know, uh, tonic hip flexors that are weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that a lot of times there's one pill for a lot of people, um, but there's also this idea that. I've been seeing a ton of adductor strengthening stuff. Yeah. And, and back in back when in my PT day, yeah. you didn't even, like, adductors, they're overactive. Whatever. Just in yeah. ge- general yeah. blanket statement, adductors are overactive. Yeah. You need to have a valgus, I mean, a varus force onto the knee, so yeah. you pull them into valgus just to try to get a glute firing pattern. But we talked about this the other day, and I think that there's something to be said for Every muscle has to work. Yes. You know, and it has they're to work. On. You know, eat, eat, yeah, there is no off. off. Um, <laughs> But it just, just like dead skin, just hanging there, yeah, just, but, yeah. <laughs> dead meat. But we talk about efficiency, and we talk yeah. about movement patterns, and we talk about like sometimes I look at somebody's posture, and posture is a swear word to me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really put people in the best postures because if you've lived forty years and in, in the posture that you're in, I have find it hard to believe that all of a sudden at forty years and three days, it's your posture that has to be fixed. Yeah. You just need to be more efficient, and move better, and right. sometimes you'll find like a little bit of an atrophy of a glute. Meet, or you might find an atrophy of a posterior cuff of your shoulder, uh-huh. and that tells you where the person lives. Right, but you know, there's a good chance that I'm going to work with them as long as I can. I'm not going to see that that void be filled. But as long as you're pain free and can move, yeah, you're getting somewhere. That's that's where we need to go, I think. But you know, you care about glutes, but I think there's something to be said about caring about the equal and opposite pull of every muscle. Yeah. Um, there are some professions also that I get frustrated with because they make us feel like we're these delicate flowers that if if a quote-unquote bone becomes out of place, that it needs to be put back in. Yeah. And there is no such thing. My as, ribs out, Zach. Yeah, there is no such thing as being put back in. I mean, I can talk that lingo, you know, I can talk that lingo with people yeah. and understand that they're saying my rib hurts. Yeah. Um, my hip's out. Yeah, but sometimes I'm like, uh, it's a really hard and slippery slope to tell somebody, hey, that thing you've heard forever don't think it's yeah, a thing. Um, yeah. So we just need to move better. And so, sometimes I find what I do is because we have a good strength strength and conditioning program here is I get people back to hopefully 100%, but even at 90 95%, I feel comfortable saying yeah. you need you need just to move. Yeah. And you need to go start training with the trainer, and and then I give them the boot. But that's a little long, long-winded run to say that I think that there's a lot of things that are important. Oh, yeah. In especially sports performance, yeah. and what we said earlier is you can be sports performance and be cutting the grass. So yeah. right, it's just how you have to how you have to attack it. But but yeah, I'm excited to see over the next couple of months, especially once we get get through this whole uh, COVID thing, to see how the how things change in the gym. Uh, like I was saying earlier, the attendance is high, and one thing that I think is going to be really cool, and uh, Ambrose and I have been chatting about this, is finding a way and doing seminars for like movement efficiency for our CrossFitters Mm -hmm. or not even just CrossFitters, just people people. in general um, that I think is going to be really beneficial because I couldn't tell you how many times and I'm the same way, but how many times Ambrose will be in the middle of a workout and Ambrose is very uh, observant. Yeah. So he can watch. (laughs) uh, There's a gentleman in particular. He works with Zach. So I, I I will, I will say his name because he does, he puts in a ton of work as Sean. Uh, Mr. Campbell, uh, he does everything you ask him to do, and he'll do more than, than than he needs to. But he really needs to focus on doing some over his overhead positioning. And there, I couldn't tell you how many times that 
Ambrose will just sit there and watch, and I could see him doing it, just analyzing everything. <laughs> and then he'll just stop and be like, hey, change this real quick. And it makes an improvement. And I think we're going to try to do that for the masses um, in more of like a class setting. So we'll have... And that, and that guy actually came into me. He catches up with me like once every month or two just for some body work and just some to work soft on tissue it, and, which is smart. And, and whatnot. Um, but whenever he came to see me last time, he said, this is the first time I'm actually able to start getting my hand overhead without pain. Yeah. And that he, he has the most peculiar setup, you know, with his yeah. like, like, I feel like his pecs pull his shoulders down to his toes yeah. and, and he just doesn't. And have he's to, still strong though. Yeah. Like he's, strong. He, he's strong in his range of motion. He's yeah. a push guy. So am I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a push guy and, but he's very like to get his hand overhead. I mean, it's, it's a, it's some effort. Mm-hmm. I'm big on, have you ever heard of functional range conditioning? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of F- functional range conditioning for, and, and where Ambrose and I are different and Freddie and I are different is I'm typically doing more corrective stuff where they're trying to progress corrective stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, and luckily, sometimes I get some patients that like what I'm doing and they stick with me for a little bit of time and I get to jump into your world for a little bit. But um, but I like functional range conditioning with like getting to end range of the joint without c- compensation yeah. and then trying to stay without compensation and give me another centimeter. Yeah. Use some breathing. Yeah. Um, to get that little centimeter because those centimeters add up to. You've been doing a range. decent amount of that with Lindsay, haven't you? With Lindsay, uh, yeah. With, oh yeah, with her back. Yeah, she she's very big on. Um, she's got a. She does a lot of thoracic hinging, like like oh, yeah. upper lumbar, lower thoracic hinging. Yeah. So sometimes her triple extension doesn't come from her hips, ankles. I mean, hips, knees, and feet. It comes from thoracic spine first, right? Um, Which she actually, and I credited you yesterday. She just hit a big clean PR, and one the most important thing she was pain free. That's big. Um, but it was the that was the most stable and that she's ever looked. And yeah. I was like, you can credit Zach for all that extra yeah. extra work you've been well, doing and, to put and, you in that right position. And people like her, and I'd put her in that elite category. She played, you know, Division two soccer. She, uh, she she was telling me the other day how she was a gymnast, and she, like she she. Is a stud Can to move, be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, um, great weightlifter. But yeah. what I like about people like her is I can tell her some things, and I'll be walking through the gym, and I'll be like, "Lindsay, how's it going?" And she'll come up and you know, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how I feel." And yeah. she's also somebody that she was doing some leg lifts the other day, and she had her hand on the bar overhead, and I was like, "Where are you getting your stability from? You're holding on to that stupid bar doing these leg lifts." <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "You're just you're just working yourself into the same overhead hinge com- yeah. pattern." Like even though you're laying on the ground, you can still facilitate these poor positions, and like you could just see her going, "No shit, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I get yeah. it now." Um, so she's fun to work with because sometimes I'm like, I don't really know what to tell you because you're doing everything right. Yeah, she's pain free, so good for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that I think that those people are fun to work with, and yeah. you get a big enjoyment whenever you hear they're hitting a big PR and right. stuff like that. So you got to, you were watching, you got to see that one. I, I didn't see the PR, but I saw. You I, saw I was, I was, you were like, uh, yeah. And then she went for it again. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I just asked her, are you okay? And she yeah. was like, yeah, I'm fine. I was yeah. like, good she had you. a good day. She, it's, uh, it's the best she's looked since, since I've started working with her. So I think just having all that extra foundational work is going to pay off big time. So She's she's floating, too, because she's getting married here soon. So oh, yeah. She is getting married soon. The day before Valentine's Day, I believe. Wow. Yeah. That's big. romantical. Oh, at least at least they'll have a reason to celebrate Valentine's Day. Allie makes me <laughs> buy her flowers every year, and I don't, I'm like, what the hell am I doing this yeah, for? But <laughs> at least I'll have a reason for it. You know? Fortunately, I don't think our wives uh, listen. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm in the I'm in the dog. That, that's my permanent residence anymore. <laughs> We're married now. Uh, um, and Callan has turned into number one. So uh, sometimes yeah, I don't even know if she knows I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm still here. I hear you talking about me. <laughs> like, what are you here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, ah, it must be the ghost again. Yep. But uh, but anyway, freaking Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Al. This is uh, a turn. I I like you, Al. I'm sorry. I think Zach has some feelings he needs yeah, to get off. Yeah, his chest. he's got some. He's so Zach, uh, I did get a question um, yesterday when I let people know that we were going to be doing this. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, let's see here. There it is. So Brody. Hey, we got to get him on this podcast. I think Brody would be a good podcast. Yeah. I like bro. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, he's way he's way dangerous when he starts talking because he knows <laughs> he knows enough. Yeah, like he's very he's very intelligent, especially like you tell him one thing and he takes it to the next four steps and he'll come and tell you something and you have to pretend that like oh, <laughs> let me look this up real quick. I'll come back. So I, right, I gotta go pee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you gotta go Google search real quick. But yeah. yeah, we I asked if anybody had any questions and we got one. <laughs> And then basically just Marina complaining that she's not on the podcast, <laughs> but she's not tall enough to get to the table where the microphone is. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Reen. But uh, Brody wanted to know how do you balance yourself out if you're quad dominant and you're having trouble with your hips and knees? Are you asking me? Yeah, you too. I I would say learn how to use the toes, and because I, I think that's a foot problem or a glute problem or both. Or Why does that be one? Yeah. Um, I like so. So sometimes it goes back to that whole thing. Now, now his job, he cuts meat for a living. Um, he has the sickest picture on my wall over he does there. He have a sweet Yeah, and he's black. got sweet tats. That thing is unreal. I always tell people whenever they – that's a picture that people notice. Um, yeah, that's – and I always tell people that that's that's a human. Yeah, <laughs> he's, it was his last physical therapist. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's uh, butchering meat. Yeah. And I always tell people, yeah, that's a human that he's cutting apart. But um, but anyway, um, has anybody ever believed you? Uh, people people think twice about it because who knows? But um, my my personal opinion on the whole quad dominance. Um, a lot of us are quad dominant. Um, I think that comes from sedentary lifestyles um now he happens to be somebody that cuts meat for a living and probably stands for most of the time but he yeah. does a lot of lifting from the floor and hunched over like you can see him hunched over that table right there he's um, big time on deadlifts too loves yeah. trap bar so i think another thing i like to talk about is i'm really big on single leg slash split Love stance. the split stand um, he, he's a big b stand not guy. a big not a big split just foot right under the hip uh, that that or even single leg I, yeah. I like to do a lot even if you're doing some overhead stuff because i think that we lack in being able to stabilize our hip yes and sometimes sometimes stand on one leg is too advanced for the person to do so you got to go yeah. foot right under foot yeah. um depending on depending on the means of the what you're looking for um but i'm a big believer in the you know the sum of the parts should equal the whole mm -hmm. so if i'm back squatting um 300 pounds, I better be able to single leg squat 150 on each leg. That's that bilateral um, deficit. Yeah. So there's a lot of studies out that say, like, you're stronger in a split stance or single leg. Yes. So if you can, you might not be able to bilateral squat 600 pounds, but you could probably... Do 700 split. Yeah, yeah 700 split or at 350, least three, 350. 350 on yeah. each side. Yeah, yeah, and like then total uh, seven, yeah. yeah, that totals yeah. more than your bilateral. So yeah. Yeah, I know Mike Boyle Mike Boyle and Joe DeFranco are really big onto the uh, bilateral deficit stuff. Well, and yeah. I like that stuff just because... Um, 
And if you look at a sports world, how often are you on two feet? Well, you're always on. Not all. Yeah, it's always off the toe. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll look at the life world. Whenever yeah, I mean, when you walk, you're on one foot. Yeah. When you're running, you're on one foot. And my favorite little PT thing to do whenever I'm talking to somebody, I ask them, real kind of, like, I mean, how often are you on one foot? And they're like, yeah, never. And I'm like, really? Actually, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and then whenever yeah. you see the light bulb go off, that oh man, every time I walk up steps, every time yeah. I walk, every time I. Uh, Get in and out of my car. I'm on one foot. So that whole quad dominance thing is, I, I think it's a, I, people don't understand that even though you're in the gym for an hour and yeah. you work on posterior chain for one hour twice a week, the other, however many, 15, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the other uh, six days a week, or I guess five days a week for the other 23 hours, yeah. you're probably working on anterior chain stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So I think understanding that, man, I'm doing these, I'm doing these deadlifts and I'm doing these bridges for my my workout twice a week. Well, you got to get out of your chair. You yeah. gotta, you know, you gotta take time. I know that in, in America we want to be as efficient as we can with our time, but you know, whenever you're whenever you're over the butcher block and you're cutting up meat and doing that kind of stuff, every hour or so, get out of that position. Yeah, you know? I bet he's leaning his knees up against that table <laughs> and like. Yeah, shit like sitting down well, in that position. So e- he's putting all that pressure on that quad. Even yeah. even in terms of you can work out an hour a day for seven days, but if you are in the wrong movement pattern Doesn't for matter. that hour, you're just hammering down. That's the same thing as walking poorly or whatever it is that you're doing. You and I would I mean? and I would even say like you talk about the big toe and stuff. Yeah. Um, in what terms do you train? Like, what are you looking at at the big toe? I just like because that. Like ground contact reflexive. or whoa, as you as not as you walk, it's up, but then as you grab, like grabbing the floor when you as you toe off, yeah, your toe off, and then your you're toe, rooting. the foot grabs the floor. And then I'm actually a big glute goes through and big fan of making of sure the, you have a decent amount of great toe extension because as you toe the, yeah, off, yeah. you got to be able to extend that big toe to have a good propulsion, right? Um, but yeah, I think that uh, working on probably an over tight hip flexor, which over tight makes you weak, mm-hmm. so. Um, doing something to lengthen your hip flexor, that doesn't mean stretching. That could be the a- antagonist activation. Yeah. So working on uh, glute. I mean, trying to get your glute to lengthen your hip flexor and then working on – there's phasic versus tonic. I'm really big on that. that yeah. That a phasic is a shortening of a muscle or a bicep usually works phasically. I'd stab a piece of food and i bend my elbow and put food in my mouth. And then we have tonic muscles that work to stabilize. So if you're working a muscle that typically works in a tonic fashion phasically – you're probably not meeting the the expectation of that muscle. So whenever you're doing single leg stuff, um, you're not doing like stand on one leg and kick to the side. You know, that might work the stance leg pretty well, but most people do that to work the leg they're moving. Um, So same with hip flexors. I think hip flexors a lot of times work tonically um, for stabilizing the hip. So trying to work on getting hip flexor in the adductors and stuff to work in a tonic fashion to stabilize your hip and then, take some strain off your knee. One of the moves that you've been doing recently is the adductor squeeze with the ball, with the stability ball. For the groin. Yeah, which is uh, because you do that for time. Well, yeah, I like that because um, especially for sport, if you're moving at such a high velocity, then there's a massive amount of force. So you can pull a band in, like, you know, easy. But if you can't, I don't want to say absorb, um, because then you're just taking the force, but... Um, if, then if you can take and then reapply that force and, and do it all with a lot of 
load, then I think that's when you're the strongest. Yeah, I think they're going to see it. Instead of just... Because I guarantee before they started here, they didn't do anything. Well, that's Coop did that the first time. He was like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was just waiting for guys to cramp and be like, oh shit. Like, I didn't know this was like a, I don't know, I needed this. High intensity exercise. Well, I also think it's funny when people, you know, the people are like, let's talk glute hamstring, you know, relationship. They both extend the hip. Yes. Um, They work differently in a motor, motor pattern. You mm-hmm. know, whenever you're looking at that, but um, I always laugh whenever you're trying to get somebody to do a bridge for the sake of trying to activate a glute, mm-hmm. but their hamstrings keep cramping. Yeah, you know that's something well, that that goes back going back to what I said. Yeah, if you're doing the firing, if pattern. you're doing something but it's in the wrong pattern, Correct. then you're just hammering down the wrong. Correct, thing. and it's great. You have yeah. strong hamstrings. But <laughs> so, <laughs> at some did point, we answer Brody's go. question? If you're Brody, what who's would, who's Brody? Who's Brody? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. So, if you're Brody, what would you have him do? Or what would you want him to do? He's here now, but he's working out. So, uh, I would say two things. One, I really like that spring ankle thing, making mm-hmm. people stand on plates to load the ankle and then doing split. And on the, he likes the hex bar. Yeah, he's a huge bar. fan of Cause hamstring then the roller. Because everything, you, whenever you walk, whatever you do, if you're producing force, it's you're driving off of a foot and it's a vertical, hopefully a vertical line up through your hip. So keeping it right under instead of and letting the knees go in front of the toes because that happens in real life too. And that whole I think ankle, people get scared of that. Yeah, you need people that are ankle f- rocker. Yeah, people are, and also people are afraid to let their knees bend. It has to. Ha- yeah, like, that, that's what your knees are for. Well, yeah, and anybody moving for if yeah because if then if you can't get the knee in front of the toe then you're gonna have a then there is an issue. Yeah, you you're gonna be, compensate you somewhere. Be, yeah. So what I felt Brody with and Brody had a knee problem a while ago where his knee was stuck straight. Yeah. And he was sometimes what I do as a physical therapist mm-hmm. is I give people permission to move. Um, so he was afraid to hurt it, and I and he came in here and I was like, no, 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 I want you like it needs to bend. Yeah. yeah. So he came back in here two days later, and he walks up to me, and he gives me a big hug. And I was like, hold on a second, Brody. <laughs> this is COVID season. Yeah. Um, no, but I was like, what was that for? And he was like, "Like I can bend my knee now. Yeah. But he's still off and on with a little bit of knee he pain. Has some issues, yeah. Yeah. Um, he hammers it pretty hard. He does. Yeah, but he's uh, also real big into the hamstring thing. roller right now. Yes. Yeah. Hammering hamstring yes. roller. But I think that uh, that whole loaded ankle position you're talking about, yeah. so what he's saying is that if you're doing a single leg or split leg, um, exercise, you almost have a little bit of a, uh, like you put your forefoot on a plate so mm-hmm. that your heel is hanging, but you're not going to let your heel hang. You're going to be active and push through your forefoot. And that's looking at, the, I think that looks at isometric soleus contraction, which the soleus isometrically works to stabilize the knee when you're bending the knee, the yeah. same as an eccentric quad right. exercise. Well, even, even without doing, I like, like, I like if, if you're going to load the, if you're going to load that position, I like doing like a split and a landmine so that you're easy anterior and then you can really drive back into the hips if you want to, but on a loaded ankle. But I mean even just putting something that's an inch off the ground that's stable and sitting to a single leg squat with the knee over the toe and the hip over, you know what I mean? Nice yeah. vertical. And then just sitting there and trying yeah. try to get them in it. It's hard as hell. You're also it you're also utilizing that, that method with doing step ups right now too. Yes. So I like the yeah. well that's cause that just goes back to the same if you're if you're that's that's your best the foot under the hip is the glute. And you're going straight and up. And you're driving straight through instead of pulling. And then you're pulling up with your hamstring. And then you got tight hamstrings. And then he runs fast and then he pulls. There's yeah. also something to be said about eccentric loading of muscles. Yes. So the science behind it, as far as I know, is that if you eccentrically load an Achilles tendon or a patellar tendon or something like that, number one, there's some enzymatical things. Is that a word? Now it is. Enzyme things, cellu- <laughs> cellular is. things that yeah, happen. Yeah. Smart things. Within yeah. the tissue. 
to like heal tissue. Breaking actin and myosin. So if you're breaking down tissue, your body naturally wants to heal it, yep. which is the theory behind this BFR thing that I've been using. Um, but also there's, t- you know, I want to say layman's terms, but in uh, a more simple. Just say Fred terms. Yeah, in Fred terms. And a simpler way to look at it is that if I overload this exercise to the point that I can overload this moment of time mm-hmm. where I can put so much force through this patellar tendon in a pain-free manner and pain, pain-free or like a less than a two or three out of ten, like you might have a little bit of discomfort, but in a relatively pain-free manner, if I can load this t- tissue by put, getting my knee in that quote-unquote bad position of knee over toe yeah. um, and load the heck out of that tissue, then in life, everything I do, walking, going up the stairs, I'll never put that same amount of load on the force. So now yeah. Wolf's Law is that tissue, actually it's it's called Davis Law, I believe, that the tissue is actually going to grow stronger to withstand those forces. So yeah. day-to-day life, so, but you have to be careful with that. So when, if you start overloading tendons, you just got to make sure that you're smart about it, you're yes. in a good position, you're not in pain, um, and you want to do it, you know, isometrically holding for time so that now, like I said, everything in daily life is not that same amount of force. So you're prepared for it. Well, and the other thing too, is that I, th- I don't know that people account for the fact that the concentric action is actually the weakest. Correct. Yeah. It's like you, you can, can uh, like a mid range of a joint when all the actin myosins lined up, that's you where you can you're lay down have. and lower a 600 pound bar. If to my, your chest, yeah. If a my, lot easier than you can push. Exactly. It off your chest. If my one RM is 80, or 100 pounds, then, you know, that 100 pounds is really only as you're from the sticking point, whatever people call it, and then up, and then above that point would be easier. On the way down is way easier. So, yeah, yeah if you're really going to load a range of motion, you need to account for that. But you, you have you need to, to do it. push it super max. If make you sure you're safe. Make sure that if you're going to oh, do yeah, something 100%. benching, you have a spot. I yeah, saw, or pins or something. <laughs> I there's saw, Davis, uh, it's going to be hard to pick it back up. Because Davis Law is overloading tissue. Wolf's Law is overloading bone. Cole's Law. And then there's Cole's <laughs> Law, which is fine cha- cabbage chopped up and With added to mayo, mayo or yeah. sugar. Yeah. Something like that. I'm glad I was a part of this joke. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw Eddie so Hall when he that. was training for the uh, the world's heaviest deadlift. He was taking like he was trying to pull like over 1,000 pounds, but he yeah. would take 1,500 out of a rack and then just lower it as slow as he could, and then three guys would help him pull yeah. it back up, lower it as slow as he could. Just a just a hammer so on the bring, eccentric. So bring two more guys to the gym. So, sign exactly. up for memberships. Yep. And have them lift your weights. Now yeah, that's money. that's our new business model. Yep. Just we we're we're selling spotter you need to have memberships. Spotters. Yes. Yeah, I had a ten dollars. I had a I had a strength coach that told me that he can do a half rep with any weight in the with with any weight you could put on a bar in the gym. You and can. we were like, no, you can. He's like, yeah, just the down part. I, <laughs> I can do anything on the way down. Yeah, yeah. I might go pretty fast, and I might break a rib. Yeah. <laughs> it's the well, easiest yeah. way to put weight down, or die, yeah. or die. You know, or just bail. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> we can talk about Ambrose's fashion forward trendiness and his and his salt scrubbing his hair. I don't know if I'm very fashion forward, but dude, I, you're wearing a flannel jacket with a matching what, what, hoodie. Or maybe a mismatch. I don't think it matches. What color is that? I don't even know. It's It's like like a a light fuchsia. It's like a a, that's. But but anymore, mismatching is matching, if it's done intentionally. The BG boys are big into the flannels. This is like a BG outfit. Yeah, they do very much. They like flannels and cutoffs. Yeah, that might be a central PA thing. No, Vinny just likes cutoffs. Also flannels. Yeah. Well, they all had flannels on yesterday. I guess it was Flannel Friday the other day. That's true. That's true. But and Vinny likes flannel cutoffs. He does. Yes. Flannel cutoffs. So both of them. I believe Larry the Cable Guy did something similar to that. He did. I don't know. 
know. He's a cool guy. So where do you get your salts? To talk, talk about your perfect hair. Well, I went to the beach one time, and I asked somebody why I was having a good hair day. They said the salt helps. So then I went to Alta, and I got <laughs> salt, salt scrub. <laughs> and now, every once in a while, I'll toss some salt scrub in the hair. And and it smells I, like the beach. I have a good hair day. And, and I tell I, everybody about it. He's got good hair flow. He's got hockey. Good cabbage up there. Yeah. Good lettuce. I talk to everybody about it. I just, this is the first I'm hearing about the salt scrub. Yeah, that's it. I do, it is funny to me that every kid at, at some point or another resembles Ambrose after like a week or two of training with him because Ash. No shoes. No shoes. Never. Chase. He hasn't had shoes. No shoes. <laughs> yeah. All the BG boys, no shoes. Yeah, no. Marina, who's no also shoes. another one of her coaches, no shoes. She claims that she did, she did that before Ambrose, but I don't believe No, bullshit. I call bullshit on Marina. <laughs> Yeah. I call it sorry rains. But yeah, I think uh I think we have a really uh exciting twenty twenty one coming for the gym. I think there's a lot a lot going on. Our weightlifting team is kicking ass right now. Uh just had a whole bunch of PRs yesterday. Yeah, that was a cool day. People yeah, so we've been getting nuts over there. I've been uh harping on them about environment. Um like trying to find a day because they all work and half of them are in school, half of them have full time jobs. So Trying to find and building like that that training environment, I think, is crucial to have anybody become really, really good. Um, so on Saturdays, we have a – it's not mandatory, but it is – I try to get everyone here. We have a team training session every Saturday. Now, this past Saturday was a heavy one. This upcoming Saturday is not. It's more technical. But just being in that environment where you're able to push each other – and I think you see that with the BG boys since they always train together. It makes yeah. it better instead of just being solo. Um, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of a lot of big-time PRs. This has been a You Don't Know Squat podcast production. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of You Don't Know Squat podcast with myself, Casey Kantz, Freddie Dorman, and Zach Hallman. All episodes are brought to you by Dorman Sports Performance, Iron Luck CrossFit, and Hallman Physical Therapy. Located at 2927 Beale Avenue for all of your fitness and healthcare needs. If you like what we're doing, head over to Dorman Sports Performance and Hallman Physical Therapy on Instagram and Facebook and give us a like, share, and five-star review. More information can be found at www.dspgym.com or www.hallmanpt.com. Thanks for joining us.